Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. So we are talking about empowered by love. Empowered by love. Last week we were able to do evangelism last week by God's grace. It was interesting. I would start off by um, I was I met uh, um, an Indian who I think is that Bonnie, but I think he's from an Indian background. So I was speaking to him, and he was saying, "Oh yeah, are you from the church?" And I said, "Yes," and he said, "Oh yeah, yeah, I've been to church a couple of times. I've been there, and I love the place." I said, okay. He said, I said, I said, what is your understanding of what they do then? And he said, they pray. They pray, they come together, they love one another, and things like that. And he said, he said, I loved it. He said, I've been there a couple of times. He said, but I'm an Hindu. He said, okay. Then I wanted to, I wanted to, Take the conversation further because the problem with that is that, and that is where the body of Christ is now. He's been to church. The only thing he understands is a group of people that pray, and he hasn't doesn't know anything about what they are all about. And you have people also within the body of Christ that it is yes, we pray, we give prophecy, we do this, we do that. So I now asked him. I said. Do you know why they are called Christians? He said, no. He said, but you know, it's a lovely gathering. So we were talking and I said, okay, you are an Indian, but like uh, descent or things like that. I said, there's a reason why you are called, not called, Indian comes from the word India. Just like Nigerian comes from the word Nigerian. I said, Christian comes from the word Christ. So that means that they belong to Christ. Do you know who Christ is? So then I said, no. I said, what I'm trying to point out is that he's been invited to church. He's been to church. He's, you know, he's joined the prayers. Maybe his prayers has been answered, but he doesn't have a clue what, what, what's actually going on there. As far as he's concerned, it's the same prayer, prayer gathering that you go anywhere and you would see. And it's interesting also that, you know, you have so many people within, within the church who say, you know, ah, that place they pray. But they have no clue what it is all about. So I began to talk to him. Unfortunately, he had to go, he had to, he had to I think got a call, he had to, he was trying to catch somebody about a job or something like that. Then I went further and I met, um, I met a couple who were atheists. And one thing I've come to appreciate about atheists as I go out, not the ones that, are, I'm not talking about lazy people who don't want to do anything. I'm talking about people who, are, who have come to the position of their belief because they are well informed, so to say. And the challenge I have is that most Christians have no clue about the answers, the, the questions they will, they will ask you because you, are not, you have no, you, you, people are not as informed as they are. So there were a couple, a white couple, and they were sitting under the tree, and they were like, yeah, I said, Let, let's sit down. So we sat on the floor, we were having a chat. And part of the question they asked is, why are you a Christian? Why are you not a Jew like this? What's the difference between you? Why are you a Christian when you're a Muslim? He said, because we see all these religions, they said, why are you a Christian? And, you know, it is not, ah, some people are killing themselves. We, 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 we don't kill ourselves. It's a lie. If you, if you know the history of Christianity in this country, and you know what's happened in Northern Ireland, you discover that it's Christians that are killing Christians over the Protestant versus the, the, the Catholic. Um, so Christians kill themselves over faith. But what I'm trying to say is that, so when I began to explain to him that, you know, this is what Christianity is about, 
Then he was like, then after, when, we, when, I was, when, I, when we spent about 15 minutes or so, we were talking, and when we were like, they said, you know, we're so happy that, you know, you, you said, people don't know what, you know, what people just said. Oh, the Bible says. Why? <laughs> Why? Because he was asking me a question. He said, he said, God knows everything. He knows today from tomorrow. And he said, yes. And he said, if he knows that I will not accept the gospel that you're preaching to me now, why would he send me to hell? Since he knows anyway. So is he not willing, has he not planned me to go to hell? Those are fair questions. But what I'm trying to say is that, you know, I, I, I'm getting to, to one point with this, you know, when, when you, because, because and as we begin to read these things in the scriptures, we will discover that we'll discover that you know there are as it is important as Christians. That's why Bible taught Paul told him he said, rightly dividing the word of God. That means you can wrongly divide the scriptures. And your that can determine where you end. I was I was uh, talking with someone, I said, aside from every other big issues that are, that Jehovah's Witness discuss about. One simple scripture that you or me may overlook because we don't really read into it divides the, the, the path. The Bible says, for, um, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. But Jehovah's Witness says, in the beginning was the word, the word was a God. That simple definition <laughs> determines if you are going to heaven or hell. That simple definition of scriptures. And at times, Christians just overlook something. So that's why when you ask them, why are you a Christian? Ah, no. You know, God spoke to me from heaven that I should be a Christian. That is not, that, that, that is not, that is not the reason why you're a Christian. That may be good. Paul had an encounter. But afterwards, when you see Paul, and speaking about why he believed in what he believed, he will tell you the exact reason why, why he's different from that. So when the guy was saying to me, he said, you know, why you not this uh, religion? Um, I think I said, because I'm not as perfect as, I cannot be as perfect as they are. He said, what do you mean by that? I said, because they preach that you, you go to heaven by your own righteousness. I can't do that. That's why Jesus died for me. Because I cannot make it on my own. I said, oh, yes, that's where we differ. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So, you know, when we go out, you know, you, you would, you, I was saying, not this one, I was saying something, I say, we'll come out of our bubble, or this bubble of, you know, it's, 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 it is, when you see real questions, People will ask you real questions. You would know that, you know, somebody, we were going in Chadwellit area, somebody walked up to me and he said, Jesus is coming. I said, yeah, he said, but why is he not coming now? I said, well, he said, because I just got the news now that Assad in Syria just bombed my entire family. Why did he not stop them? Those are real questions that the Bible says we should be able to answer. Hallelujah. Amen. So we, we're talking about empowered by love. Empowered by love. Amen. Can I have Matthew, please? Now, so when we begin to read this, we're going somewhere with this because as we, as we just, uh, because I, I was, I've been pondering in my mind that God, is, not, is this what exactly um, you want us to, is this what is in your mind for your people? I'll start off from it. The Bible says that, and this gospel, of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. Then the hand will come. Do you know what this statement means? The Bible says this gospel. That means that when Jesus was talking, he said, there are other versions of the gospel, but what I am saying is this gospel. He would have said, and Gospel and the gospel. He said this gospel. What he's trying to say is that there would be other versions of it. Galatians chapter 1, verse 8, he says that even if 
an angel from heaven preaches another gospel to you. Another version of the gospel. <laughs> Until people begin to understand what is this gospel, not a gospel. And you speak to so many Christians, people have all sorts of versions of the, of, of the gospel. And it's not the gospel. I, I was I was I was listening to so we were listening to some because I had a couple of people they were listening to someone I said I'm an evangelist. I don't do the scriptures. We speak facts as the spirit is leading. And I say, yes, you know, that, that is that is <laughs> that is the gospel of another version. Let me, I don't, see, all these scriptures, I leave it for, you know, we don't, you know, we, when we speak, we speak from facts. There is difference between facts and truth. Facts can change with time. Truth. That's why you never see the scripture says, and, and the word was the fact. The scriptures is not facts. The scripture is the truth. There's a difference in the two. The, the people say there's only one version of the truth. <laughs> yeah, you can you can do um, what's it called? You can do analysis in the lab, remix it, and get another level of facts that you can acquire. But the truth still remains. What the truth is? Amen. So when that guy was talking, and he was talking so passionately, and he's been winning souls. He said he, he, he wins on the average of about 10 a week. He's been winning souls. But he has just been gathering them into, into, into something else. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, when he was, he was doing um, online stuff, um, some people were trying to ask him questions. He was saying, no, 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 no. I'm not here for Bible. Okay, yes. You know. <laughs> Hallelujah. So that's why the Bible says, if another angel, if an angel, so that means Paul is saying now this is even in the highest level. You walk into a room and an angel appeared to you from heaven and he began to speak the gospel that is contrary to what we preached. Let that angel be accursed. But you know, if I don't even know what the gospel is, angel can come and tell me, I say, yes, I saw it. I know what I saw. I know what I saw. You cannot doubt it. That when that angel came in, the whole place was bright. He walked in and he began to speak to me. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's why Paul did this scripture. I said, even if you see an angel that comes from heaven like this, if he tells you a scripture that is against what the Bible preaches, it's a, it's a, and see, as we begin to, there are very, as you begin to move more and understand the scriptures, you discover that, you know, at times, a little divert in this way, you would go, you would be on your own. That's why, that's why it's important that we study the scriptures. So we even see it in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, in which you received and which you stand, which also you are saved said, hold fast to that word which I preach to you unless, he didn't say you will not believe, what, whatever faith you are carrying will only carry you to a level. And he said, for I delivered to you first of all that which you received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Let's just leave that. Let's just go to Ephesians chapter 4. Now, the Bible calls, we spoke about this last week and the week before. Just going to a couple of things as we just settle down in, in a particular area of the scriptures as we, as we go. The Bible says that it says, you be no longer children. On that version we say, infant, being tossed 
through and fro by every wind of doctrine and a trickery of men. He said, there are some people that, you know, they, I was speaking to someone last week and I was talking about a pattern of prayer life that I've observed. And I was concerned about the prayer life of some people around me. And I was saying to you, I said, I and I said, ah, no, somebody said, I said, no. I, I now began to explain. I said, it is certain teachings of the scriptures that have not been balanced well and is removing people this way or that. See, people at times do not understand how it is. That is why, that is why, okay, let's, the Bible says, so who does the Bible define as children? Let's go on, please. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 to 14. He said, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, but some of you still, you still need, sorry, some of you, to, but you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracle of God. He said, You have come and, and you have come to need milk, not as solid food. Now, everyone who partakes only in meek is unskilled in the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. For solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those by reason of use have their senses. So, by reason of use, reason of use, what use? The re by the reason of use of the scriptures. That is how maturity is defined in the scripture as we go. By reason how, how you can, and the Bible calls it here, it said they are unskilled. That means it is a skill you have to learn. I get the aspect of you opening Bible and see, I thank God for my life. And I believe this person spoke as God was speaking to them. But if you don't understand scriptures, person said to me, said God said that it would hope the scriptures would hope. This is about almost 15, 20 years ago. God will open the scriptures to you in such a way that the way you will be teaching the scriptures. He said, you don't even need any teacher. You will just know the scriptures. He said, thank you. Somebody will ask him, you know, ah, God has said, I don't read, I don't, nobody needs to teach me scriptures. As soon as, as I just open it like this, anymore, and I begin to teach. Skill is taught. And I have seen so many people say, you know what? I know what God, God told me. It's, see, I, Salal was at a place yesterday. I was still, to me, I, still, I am still reading and learning more things. There are things that I know that I need to sit under some people to teach me. Because is you have to improve in the skill of the use of the word of God. That is what maturity is by. That's why he said they exercise their senses. So that means that they are not reacting. They are reacting based on how well they have sought the scriptures to before they react. And so, you know, when that person said it to me, I said, you know, Thank God. I said, I believe God. I said, but I need teachers. And to today, I still need teachers. I was talking to, you know, Shepard. He's been, a, see, again, I'm, I was talking to, I said, I said, I said he was, he said some things to me which God was showing him. And, you know, I said, Thank you, sir. I said, you know, I said, but I need to come and see you. Because I want to learn. He was looking at me like, see, God can show you heaven and earth. 
You know, that is destination. You don't, if you don't know how to sit down under people and be taught, there will be a problem. There will be a problem. So the Bible says they are unskilled in the word of righteousness. He said, but, he said, but solid food belongs to those who are of full hate and by the reason of use, by reason of use, Hallelujah. So we are, the Bible is defining who the Bible sees as, as children. Now, this is, now please notice that, again, I've shared this with us. The scripture is not written when you, the Bible that was written, the actual manuscript was not written in, in, in chapters. The Bible is divided into chapters for people to be able to understand that's why the Bible is divided into chapters. So when he says um, letter to the, Hebrew, to the Romans or whatever it is, it is one big whatever it is. When people were reading, people were dividing it up so that people can understand it in chunks. Why am I saying that? Because I'm going to read this into chapter 6. So the Bible says, no, please go back. So the Bible says, it said, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. The first principles of the oracles of God. Now let's go to verse chapter 6. He said, therefore, leaving the discussion of elementary principles of Christ. He said, let us go on to perfection. Not laying the foundation again on one, repentance from the work of death, two, um, what, sorry, two, faith towards God. You have it when you go to verse 2, where it talks about baptisms and things and things like that. Now, what the Bible is saying is that Paul is saying, no, these are foundational issues as Christians. These are the basic ones. And the very first foundation is what we don't even talk about repentance. And we want to build Christians onto higher level. Whereas the foundation with Paul says, this is the foundation of everything. We, 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 we hardly share those words. That's why 2 Timothy talks about the fact that, you know, he said, be diligent, present yourself, approve a worker who, who, does, who would not be ashamed. Rightly divide the word of God. Each time I read this scripture, it comes to my mind, you can wrongly divide the, the word of truth. You can wrongly divide the word of truth. Hallelujah. So we are talking about, just looking at, you know, this is what the Bible talks about when it talks about moving from uh, a childhood into maturity. Um, second, Peter, second Peter, it says, now, why is this, why, why, why is what we're talking about important? Because I was talking to someone, I said, when I read through the scriptures, I discover that no matter what Paul is talking about, it comes back to the gospel. Now, the Bible says here, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that means that the multiplication of grace and peace is based on your knowledge. So that is why as you increase your understanding of the scriptures, the ability to increase in grace is available. That is why it is important that every Christian studies the scriptures. So, when we talk about being a child of God, there is something which the Bible talks about, and that is where I would um, be, be moving very close to. First John talks about 5.4. He says, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the virtue that overcomes the world, our faith. But the Bible says faith works in love. So, but the Bible says, now, overcoming is key in the word of God. In fact, in Revelation chapter 2, if you go to verse 11, it said, 
he that hears as here, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt in the second death. Verse 7. He says, He that has here, let him hear what the scripture is saying. To him who overcomes, I will give seeds. Sorry, I will give to heat from the tree of life in the midst of the paradise. So you will see the Bible in Revelations. It keeps going back to the fact that you must overcome. The Revelation chapter 3 again, it says, He who overcomes shall, I, shall, shall be clothed in white garments, and I will, blot, I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before him. That's 12. He says, again, He who overcomes. The next, the next slide. Again, it says, to him who overcomes will I grant seats in my father's room, as I also overcame. Ah, I can remember when I read, I read these scriptures when I was in, I, I read these scriptures when I was in, um, um, in Adoiki today. We were doing Bible study. As I saw this, the person was teaching Revelation. I said, I said, sir, please, can you go back, sir? He said, what he said, you don't skip like this. So. <laughs> Something here is causing trouble in my mind. He said, as I also overcame. That is a strong statement. If he said, as a guy Joshua overcame. I'll say yes, you know. He said, as I also overcame. Ah, that did the way that. No, the scripture is not really saying that. This is what the scripture said. And then I used to I used to, I went home. Yeah, I think we were doing three days or whatever. I went home. I went to carry Amplified Bible. <laughs> because I couldn't. <laughs> I said, because I this is, but when it answer is to get to heaven, yes, I think he says that as I have, you know, there is trouble. I came back to the fellowship the next day, I said, excuse me, sir. <laughs> this thing is not Joko. I have read the New Living Translation. I have read the Amplified Bible. So it is, he keeps saying the same thing. That day, he almost turned to, basically, the fellowship closed quickly. And we were like, you know, <laughs> other people were like, no, you know, God understands. God understands. God knows this. I, said, I, I get that. I like your feeling. I to feel like that. But that is not what that one is saying. You know, somebody was saying to someone, he said, he said, if you, he said, he said, he said, even by this generation now, we are, we are in, <laughs> we are in a lot of challenge. Because if we were to be in the days of Moses, you can say that, well, it is in the temple that the Bible is. Now the Bible is in your house. You have no excuse. You can't say I didn't read it. Hallelujah. God grant us understanding in Jesus' name. So, as we begin, so now let us go back to that. No, don't worry, I have it. First John chapter uh, 5. Now, you know, we started from, this is where we read before. So let's now go back. No. Let's, go, uh, uh, this is the verse we read before. I'm just saying, let us go take the Bible, read it in a bit more context. He said, by this we know we love, we, we, that we love the, the children of God. When we love God and we keep his commandments. Now, see, one of the challenges I will first of all say here, as Christians, is that we are, we are used to a particular interpretation of, we interpret the scriptures from our, like for example, you know, which one sounds better to you? If we are friends, and I said to you, you see the, in John chapter 15, 
he's not up there, don't worry. And I said to you, if you are my friend, you will obey whatever I say to you. What will be your response? Uh, what do you mean by that? Why are we friends? Because we are taught. That is why at times you would see some, you see Christians who believe, I am a friend of God. And you think that it is a license. Because in our world, if we are friends, then we should be able to just, you know, do anything. But Jesus said, if, now, because in the way we interpret things, you cannot bring together friend and obey my commandment. Not even obey my advice. Obey my commandment. Commandment means I am telling you to do this and you must do it. So when we read those scriptures, we just, you know, we, that's why people will say, no, I'm a friend of God. Yes, you are. But the friendship you are talking about is what you understand by friends. Oh, pardon me. That is my party. You know, we, we are just, we, we, we roll together. And that's why you see some people say, you know, ah, me and God, we, 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 we kind of roll together. That is your own version <laughs> of scriptures. <laughs> that has nothing to do with God. So, when the Bible talks about that, if you love me, you would obey my commandments. You, you, it at times is difficult for us if you actually to understand that in that context that you know you cannot force me if you say you love me or you cannot be my friend and tell okay if, if your friend goes out of the house now and says if you believe that you are my friend make sure you must wash my clothes you say I'm not your servant now Now, we struggle with this statement in the scriptures because or we just read it, but we interpret it based on what we hear or what we perceive it is. So that is why Jesus will always warn in the scriptures. Jesus will say, be careful how you hear. He did not say be careful because he, how you hear because the way you hear what he's saying is critical. So we have, he said, he said, now, then he began to say, he said, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. Then he said, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Amen. John chapter 14, as we go on. Now, see how Jesus does, he brings it to himself. He said, that, but that the world may know that I love the Father as the Father gave me his commandment. So I do. So basically he's saying that what is, the way we see God's commandments, when the Bible talks about commandments, we don't look at it from the viewpoint of if I don't do it, it's going to break my head. That's why Jesus said, I love the Father. And that is why when you go to that first John back, he says, the commandment of God are not, is not burdensome. Why? Because it takes away the aspect of if you don't do it, you are going to die. <laughs> Hallelujah. I just made me remember something. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Somebody said, if you don't do this, you will die in your sleep. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Sorry. My mind is going everywhere this morning. God help us all in Jesus' name. So you have, we, we, I'm trying to get you to a point where, and I would show us uh, the limitations when you don't rely, when your focus is not on God's love rather than what you can get or what it can do to you. John chapter 14, verse 15, he says, just as Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. He did not say, if you fear me, keep my commandments. 
Second Corinthians. Now, Paul was describing some Christians in the church. Second Corinthians chapter two, uh, sorry, Second Corinthians chapter twelve, twenty-one. He said, yes, I am afraid that when I come to you again, God will humble me in your presence. As, and I will be grieved because many of you have not given up your whole sin. That's why the Bible says the first principle of your journey is repentance. He said, many of you have not given up your whole sin you have not repented of your impurity and sexual immorality and, and eagerness for lust of, of um, lustful pleasure. He said, some of you are within the church and you have not given up. He now used the word eagerness. So basically, they are, they are planning the next opportunity. You know, I was saying to someone, I said, I would, would, would probably get that. I said, so I said, I was speaking at a gathering. And there was challenges within the church. And I said to them, I said, the problem, forget about what, this is what the problem is. Not that you sleep and you commit errors, but you are boasting in that iniquity. What God hates most is when you are, you know, you did this, yes, when, when, some, I, I, when I did, I, I did my own with, at least my own was still presentable. What about This is the condition why I, why John Bever said something, and this is what the Bible teaches. I, I used to listen to one court now, and the, the, court, the judge will say, you know, I feel bad that I cannot award this, but unfortunately, the law says you are guilty. <laughs> so he, he was saying that, you know, there was um, there was a guy that went to do something in somebody's house and um, it, was, it was on top of a tree. So he was going to clear it and the, there was rats up on, on the top of that tree. It was like a very tall tree. So as he got to the top of the tree, he, tried to, he was trying to cut it. As soon as those rats just jumped out in their multitude, they just jumped out and they were, and it was this bush rat and they started so he had to just release himself. Then from the very top of the tree, he landed on the floor and broke his neck. So he went to court to go and sue. Now, he now got somebody who told, who, who accompanied that, that owner of the house. And this owner is an hedge fund man that has retired, so he has a lot of money. So, he now, um, the guy now told him, he said, basically, he, he, the guy said, you know, he, they knew that this play area was infested with rats. They had called somebody in to come and help them. So, they did not tell him that he was going to be rat infested. And which was valid. But, when the argument was going to conclude, where he was at the top, there is a safety latch. And because he pulled that safety latch himself, even though those people were wrong, he had to bear the whole cost. Because as a professional, you should know that that safety latch is the last opportunity you have to hold yourself. So the judge was saying, even though I wish 
in my heart that I want to do this. But by law, this is the this is the stand. Does this make sense to us? Hallelujah. The scripture does not give us the permission to judge people by intentions. It is to judge by the actions. So that means, that's what Jesus said, by their fruit, you will know them. You cannot, I'm not saying that you cannot have a good reason but the scriptures, Jesus said, this is how you will know people. He didn't say, sit them down and ask them, what made you do this, do this, do this? That is not scriptures. That may be, you know, that we may like that setting. But the scripture says, by their actions, you deal with them. So basically, if somebody says, you know, ah, I was this, I was that, this is why I did this and this, you can sympathize with that person. But so unfortunately, this is the public action that we can see. Do you get what I'm trying to say? God help us all in Jesus' name. So when Paul was talking, he said, you have not left your whole thing. So they were Christians. They come to church, they worship God. But they are not, there was eagerness. So when I was talking to those people that day, I said, I said the challenge at times is that you are both sin in sin. That is the first. He said, I, told, I, was, I said, as long as you keep this attitude, God will keep coming for you. First Corinthians. As we, says, I wake unto righteousness, do not sin. Come. So, uh, for some, for, for some to, to not have the knowledge of God, he said, he said, awake unto righteousness, do not sin. For do not have, for some do not have the knowledge of God, I speak this to your shame. And these are Christians, that's all I'm talking about, these are Christians. So how does love come into this play? is that whenever you are struggling with something or whenever you are trying to break yourself free from something, at times what de 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 depends on how far you can go is where you position your heart. Psalm 91 verse 14 says that because he has set his love on me, I will deliver him and I will set him on high. Because he knows my name. Why did he say I will deliver? He said because he has set his love on me. Now, how do we set our love on God? What is, now, Second Corinthians says something. He says, for godly sorrows produces repentance leading to salvation. But to be um, but not to be um, regretted. But the sorrow of this world produces death. Please notice that they are both sorrows. One kind of sorrow will bring people to repentance. The other kind of sorrow will cause them to die. I will give you an example in the scriptures. Saul. And David. Please, who committed the worst sin? David committed the worst sin. Saul was just. David was saved. Saul was not. Why? One sorrow was godly, the other one's sorrow was worldly. I will show you one scripture, 1 Samuel. Then I said, this is Samuel, Saul's talking. Then I said, I have sinned. Yet, honor me, please. 
before my elders and before my and before the people of Israel. See how David, David will talk even in Psalm 51, even Psalm 51. He says, take away the, the everything. He said, do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. Take away everything. One is saying, God, please, you know, we cannot talk about our dirtiness in public. It is, you know, you, 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 you cannot just expect me to talk like that. He is sorry. But his sorry is conditional. It is placed on how he feels about himself. The other one is how God feels. One is, I am sorry, but that sorry has a condition to it. I can be saying, God, I am sorry. Why? It is because I don't want him to not bless me. That is the reason why I'm asking God forgive me. If I have abundance of money, I won't do that. So, one is shouting, God, forgive me. But God is saying, this kind of sorrow heads into death. You see, David committed a greater sin. But because before God, he didn't care what people felt. It wasn't about him. As far as he's concerned, I have offended God. That's why he said in Psalm 2, he said, um, so this is why you don't read your Bible all the time. He said, you want to come with your seed? to say, we Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Sorry, the English is coming bit by bit. Amen. It's only you that I have seen and all this evil in your sight. The question is, when you are sorry, why are you sorry? When you want, when you've done something wrong, what is the condition behind it? The sorrow that is coming out of you, is it placed, is it empowered by love? Or is it because you were caught? You know, at times God asks you some questions. That the day when God asked me a question, he said, I was outside doing, he said, why are you here? To the little knowledge I had, I understood that but that question is not a straightforward question. <laughs> he, he used to do something in Nigeria, we call it, I'm calling it Ugbomoko. <laughs> yeah, no, no, sorry for those who did not do Wayek. Amen. Because <laughs> where he was going was if you were not the pastor of this church, would you be here doing it? Because, because of our time, I would illustrate there are a couple of times in the scriptures when Jesus called Peter first, Peter had no fish. He provided fish. Peter followed. But that could only get him so far. He went back again to look for fish. So that's when, when Jesus provided fish, Jesus did not say, follow me. Jesus said to him, do you really love me? Because this is the second phase. It's not about what I can do for you. It has nothing to do with you. It is that, do I love God? And as I'm struggling, there is the power of God that is released. If I'm struggling with an addiction, that my, I'm not even, is the concentration is not on me. It's on God. I want to love you more. then it doesn't become a burden to you. What he asks you to do is not a burden. You will do it joyfully because you can see his heart rejoicing. When you begin to know this, see, it is great that, but when God 
has to remind you the promises he made to you to commit to something is still you're still going to come back to that point because the propelling point is not his love he did it for Peter Peter failed that's why Jesus had to change the lyrics and say excuse me forget about the fish now would you do this just because you want to love me Would you commit to my work irrespective of what I, either I said to you, you are going to become a billionaire or not? Are you just going to do this because, you know, I just want to love you more. We have, we have done a lot of things which I have, which is great. I was talking to someone, I said, there are some unintended consequences. You want to lead the service. That is the only time you think about not seeing for 24 hours. Afterwards, it's not about God. He knows that. It's about you. It doesn't mean that God will not follow you to that point, but there will be a barrier you will not be able to cross. The same thing happened to Abraham. He said, Abraham, I have called you out. I will bless you. I will increase you. And things like that. Abraham pursued it, but there was a barrier for Abraham that Abraham could not cross. And God had to say to him, without any string attached, he said, Abraham, stand before me. Walk and be straight. Without no strings attached. Everybody in Bible history that God has started with, and there is still a position where he will tell you, do you love me? Is your love on the increase for me? Our time is fast spent. And the Bible says, and we'll just read two scriptures as we go. First John. He says, we love him. So we are responding to his love. Please, can I tell you that in scripture basis, there is no part in the scriptures where love for God is expressed by mouth. Or God knows my heart. There is no part in the scriptures. Even in the fact where the Bible says God tested their heart to see what is inside the heart. The love of God is always supported by an action. And that is, what propels, that is what propels us to overcome sin, overcome, overcome, because we just want to love him. And our prayer is that, God, I want to love you more. But remember that God can de deposit his love in your heart, but it can only grow the more, the more you demonstrate your love for him. I'm supposed to do something in church. Or I'm supposed to do something. You know, I may not feel great, but you know, I, what, what is coming to my mind is, is this love. How would we feel to the glory of God? I walk, I've been home since 2.30 a.m. And my fear over the night is just simply this. I was saying, so I said, I can preach anything. I can, I can, I can look for a, 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 a teaching and teach. But my fear was that I hope when I finish, he would be happy that I have given what he has in mind. So it's not about how I feel. It's about his love. So let's read this scripture together. Romans chapter 8 as we end. Hallelujah. Sorry, light went in our house. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 35. If you have our Bibles, please let us open to it. Romans chapter 8, verse 35. 
Sorry, ma. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? Yes. Or distress? Mm -hmm. Or persecution? Yes. Or famine? Mm -hmm. Or nakedness? Yes. Or peril? Yeah. Or sword? Mm -hmm. As it is written. As it is written. For your sake we are killed all day long. Yes. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Mm -hmm. Yet in all these things. Yet in all these things. We are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. Through him who loved us. We overcome the barriers of our parts as we grow more in the love for him. See, love will continually grow on. That's why when you read down to that scripture, it said the depths and the, and, and, and the width. So the love of God doesn't stop. He keeps growing. When you would say, you know, all I just want to do is to make him happy. then you will not be waking up in the morning to pray because so that your path can be protected. It is good. But you'll be praying in the morning because you want him to hear your voice. You want him to speak to you. That is why David would say, my heart was filled with joy when they said, let's go to the house. Why? Because David's life has always been lived on his growing love for God. He just wants to, you know, you, 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 just, you just want to know him more. And as you come closer, you know, that is why some of us, there is still a debate on where God wants to if God won't send you to Afghanistan or not, he cannot even dare ask you. Cannot dare ask you because he's worried. Because you are still at the level of fish. Give me fish. I promise you fish and I will serve you. I will hand it here, please. I just want to give you one example and show you what this means in my heart. I've said it over and over again. When we were going, we used to go to Urukerimbo. It takes an hour to climb to the top, an hour 40 or an hour plus to climb to the top. And I saw people coming to that mountain praying and I just don't know. I just said to myself, I don't want to be coming here praying because I have a problem. I want to come to this mountain because I just want to fellowship with the Father. Since then, to the glory of God, I have never had the opportunity to climb that mountain because I have a problem. But yet I go often. And I'm always dancing. When I see people praying, I'll be praying for their God. Please answer their prayer. I'll be sleeping at home. So I'll be sleeping at the hostel there. And I'll just say, I'll wake up and I'll say, I'm going to Odokerimo. Uh, uh, people go, what, what? When I get there, they are doing celebration. And I just join a dance. Why? Because my... I'm not saying it is bad. But what I'm saying is that you can move from the level of fish and bread to the level of love. Somebody will tell you, which is great, Ma, be sweeping the church. As you are sweeping, be praying that all the issues in your life be wiped away. It works. But there is another level to that. Because for most people, I, I was sweeping at a church before, and when I got there, somebody asked, somebody said, ah, do you have problems with papers? I said, no. I said, then why are you sweeping? But that is what people are taught. 
Then he said to me, he said, because most people, when they start sweeping, the day they get their papers, they will stop sweeping. Because that is what brought them there. If, if the promises of God is what is propelling you in ministry or in your work with God, the day God gives you, he would have to come and double cross you like he did for Abraham. Because Abraham would say, well, after all, after, I've gotten a child. He'll say, ah, this is what I'm saying. Though. I have not even given you the correct one. Because you've got one, you are, you are happy. Let us rise up, please. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.